Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome an accomplished senior branding guru from Singapore, Mr. Andrew Crombie. Andrew, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks very much, Ashutosh. It's great to be here. Thank you. Andrew is the Chief Branding Officer of Crombie Consulting. He's a startup brand specialist, a management consultant. Uh, Andrew has earlier worked with Ogilvy, Fitch, and other agencies, and he has worked with several global brands. So, Andrew, before we start talking branding, tell me a little bit about your own journey. Okay, so I think the key word in what you just said was senior, which is a, a bit of a worry, but because okay. uh, it can be quite long. But so, a short short is that I was born in the UK, grew up mm. in Australia. Uh, and I've been in Asia for 32 years now, I believe, wow. mm -hmm. um, probably most of those in Singapore, um, and a lot of it on Singapore Airlines, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and uh, I started at American Express uh, back in the early 80s. Mm -hmm. So on the client side, went through into the agency side, direct marketing, then into brand advertising, mm -hmm. then into what they called at the time, integrated marketing, yeah. very popular at the time. Orchestration was the Ogilvy term at the time. Uh, went into uh, health marketing uh, and advertising. Uh, I had a health marketing agency. And then more recently, as, as it became more acceptable, I got into retail and experience design, which is mm -hmm. really where people walk into brands. And, and that's the common thread you know, all the way through there. In the first half of my career, brands weren't the thing. I think you probably remember, Ashutosh, mm -hmm. that you know, we did advertising or we did marketing and that was yeah. the thing. Um, but you know, brands sort of happened in around about the mid nineties really started to take hold when the mm -hmm. value was realized and, and quantified. And, uh, and that's where, you know, naturally it sort of led me to where I am now, which is focusing on brand strategy. Fantastic. And, uh, how would you define branding and why is it important for businesses? And when I'm talking businesses, I'm talking for small and medium businesses. Okay, so so definitions is always the uh, interesting thing. There's so many definitions about brands and and right. it's a brand. What's branding? The two are different. So first off, I need to make that clear. Um, you know, whether it's Jeff Bezos who says that a brand is, you know, what they say about you when you leave the room, uh, or Marty Newmeyer who you know is a popular commentator who says that uh, you know it's a gut feeling that you have about a company or a product or a service. Mm -hmm. um, my my view of brands is a little bit more sort of neuroscience uh, uh, related. So brands are uh, you know the current sum of impressions, associations, or experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, about a company, a product, or a service. So if we were then translated into branding, and so they're effectively memories, okay? It's the same way memories work in your brain. Brands are, are working the brain the same way. So branding is really the art of shaping those future memories, mm -hmm. company, a product, or a service. And, and why is that important? It's important because brands, as I said, brands only exist in your brain, uh, in your mind, and preference um, which is very important to business and successful business only exists in your mind. So you've got to win that battle in your mind if you're going to win in business. Correct. Correct. Well said. And, you know, if, it's often been said, Andrew, that brands are living beings. And I've said that brands are like children. They have to be nurtured from the time they are born. Yep. The question is, how can brands stay relevant for a long period of time? Okay. So the, the key thing 
really is to when you go back to brands so brands need to um, first of all know what they stand for so this is right in the heart of brand strategy so you start a brand strategy you know you need to know why you're in business you know who you exist to to service or to help um what you stand for how you're going to present yourself so more about the brand identity and and so on mm-hmm. uh, and you know the biggest the biggest mistake that brands make is that uh, and a lot of people think about brands is they see it as a decoration, something that you just do and set and forget, and that's it. So your, your idea that they're like children, I think, is very true because mm-hmm. brands are changing, they're interacting differently in the world, the market's changing, the world that they're growing into is changing, and so you constantly need to um, to update them. And so the key thing about this is you need to understand, you know, you, you keep consistent the, the why of the brand and update the how and the what, if I could say right. it like that. Well said. Um, so I suppose in the, an analogy there is like if you're sailing a course in a boat, I do a lot of sailing, so it's an easy analogy. It's it's about adjusting the sails and adjusting the, the attitude of the boat to the prevailing waves and wind. Correct. And that's what you're doing. Well, interesting. Very interesting. And uh, my next question is that how can small businesses create a successful brand identity? Okay, uh, back to what I said before. So you have brand strategy and you have brand identity. So again, for a small business, the most important thing to do or to start with is to set the brand strategy. So uh, to understand the marketplace uh, that you're going to be going into, so forward-looking rather than backward-looking, mm-hmm. um, to understand you know where the consumer is and what they're after and what you know their needs or the, their riches are that you're going to scratch um and then and then once you've got that mapped out the idea is to then work out what would be the personality or the style or the way you should present yourself in order to be differentiated for the competition Mm. and meaningfully sort of relevant and attractive to the consumer and so that's where brand identity comes in Mm. and so uh, how do they create a successful one is by knowing who who they want to be that's the best form of themselves in a way that's going to be received or attractive mm. to the audience mm. and then defining, you know, whether it's your logo, your color, harmonics, mm. and so on. Mm. And, you know, you, you, I've, I've, uh, you're, you're a startup brand specialist as well. What are some of the common mistakes a lot of businesses or startup businesses make when it comes to branding? Okay. Probably a lot of them, but uh, I think the most ones are, First of all, I think as a, you know, branding is a decoration, um, especially startups. So startups have the, uh, they're usually started by people with a technological bent who've created something that's very unique, a product or a, 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 an IP capability or something that they're taking to market. Mm-hmm. And so consequently, they're not naturally market oriented or, or mm-hmm consumer-centric you probably heard the term human-centric yeah. consumer-centric mm-hmm. and and that's a big problem so they see branding as being a decoration something that you do after you've done everything else just before you're going to market mm-hmm. and that's a big problem so first problem is the first mistake is that secondly is not integrating the brand into the business or the business into the brand that the two are inseparable mm-hmm. uh, as i said you know they all exist how they're perceived how they're preferred all exists in the mind of the consumer and so you really need to make sure that at every touch point, the brand is delivered. The business is a bunch of touch points with the mm-hmm. consumer the marketplace and the mm-hmm. brand needs to be purely and consistency, uh, consistently represented in each one of those. So that's the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this idea, as I uh, mentioned before, the set and forget mentality is that you know, you're nurturing children 
analogy, I think exactly that. So you, you wouldn't leave your children to just go off and be who they are. You want to be with them all the way. Unfortunately, they don't think the same way, but mm -hmm. uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, and the last one is uh, being too inward focused. I mm -hmm. think, uh, again, startups, uh, classic, they, they're so focused on what they're doing and what they're making. You know, it's going to the best. We're all going to be rich. We're going to be you know, Bezos or, you know, uh, whatever, you know, great mm, success mm. story. Um, and they forget that they've got to relate to a market and that there's probably, you know, if you're having the idea, the guarantee that there's 20 other people out there in the world having the same idea. So you've got to keep your, as we say in sailing, head out of the boat. Mm. You've got to be at the course, not at, what you, not at your feet. Mm. Well said. My next question now moves to, uh, you know, did the digital uh, impact of on branding? You know, I remember four decades ago when I started, you know, there, there were basically cinema halls and big billboards, et cetera. Yeah. Full page newspaper advertisements. And we love that. Everything has now changed and uh, come to your little handheld device. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get your perspective on how is the digital age changing the way businesses are approaching branding? Okay. Um, so first, I think we've got to look at what it's done to us so the, and the, there's two sides to this there's digital as a medium um, and the, which you've seen through your phone and so on or through your screens and, and and so on and then there's digitization which is a complete reformatting of what the experience is how you live you know it's every aspect of you, your interactions with the world um and and that's not just through screens that's through you know all, all, lots of other things mm -hmm. so i think that you know what's it done it's it's first of all it's reinforced this thing that we'd sort of suspected for a while and some prescient writers were talking about which is that the consumer owns brands mm -hmm. not the companies and and i think it's made it very clear they can click you off at a second Correct. Um, you know it's 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 crazy you know so you you are now on the back foot as a brand owner um and what you have to do to engage, entertain, um, seduce that that viewer for the little time that they're going to give you. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, you know, it's lowered the barriers of entry. So it's created, and with that has come massive amounts of noise. I mean, any right. any person, I mean, and post-COVID now that everyone's working from home and lots yeah. of small businesses have started up, everyone's out there on the internet trying to build their profile, do things, mm. with, you know, all saying the same thing as everyone else. I mean, the competition is insane. So you've got mm. that always on 24 7 um you know we've got the advent of data so how's it really changed the way that businesses are approaching branding well first of all i think it shifted us from uh, as i said from digital as a medium mm -hmm. you know, web 1.0 type stuff mm -hmm. where it was about the content you just read the newspaper or looked at a blog or something to more web 3.0 where it's you know it's it's a it's a place you walk into so we've got this experience mentality which is great because brands have moved from you know, being an inward, you know, here's what we decorate, here's what we advertise, here's what we're telling, here's what we're going to do to you. And now we're in this space where here's what we've created, here's what we're going to do with you. Here's, you know, and it's full customer journey. It's not just at the point of sale or a little bit, you know, at the earlier stages of the funnel. It's now end to end from the dreaming phase when people don't even really know that you're in existence but they think they might have a problem all the way to achieving what they 
want to get out of it, you know, whether it's from product performance or from a community or what have you. Mm. So it's, it's it's really helped us in that way. It's, it's expanded. It's also complicated it. Right. Into that later, I suppose. But uh, I, I think the other thing, and, and it's made it very fragmented. That's the other thing. Mm. That, you know, this micro-targeting has meant that branding means you've got to connect so many more dots. Mm. To create. You talked about uh, outdoor and TV and that. In the old days... Well, I said I love it, you know, because it was so simple and you'd Correct. TV up and you'd go, wow, that was fantastic. It was great to build. It was <laughs> it's a, it's a great idea. Mm. But it was very simple. But now you've got to connect so many dots across so many interactions of micro-targeting. And so building the halo effect of a brand that you really need, that sort of mm. sense around idea of a brand is much harder to do in the modern world. So you need different type of people, different type of thinking. Mm. But the rigor of good brands discipline i think is is now more important than ever mm. and of course then there's the entire aspect of social media which is moving at the speed of nanoseconds so yeah. uh, how are brands managing to stay relevant in in media which is moving at such high speeds uh well i mean the media market's always going to change i mean we've seen that over the last yeah yeah since day dot basically nice. um you know, so I, I'm not sure that the media, you know, it's it's brought more speed to it and that's changed the nature of attention and so on. I do quite a lot of work in, in precognitive attention and uh, it's, you know, there is no doubt that, you know, you need to be more distinctive, you need to um, get your message across faster, you need to draw people in and tell a story, build a consistent narrative and so on, because you've only got a couple of seconds. You can't build a brand in a couple of seconds, Perfect. but when you add a couple of seconds with a couple of seconds with a couple of seconds with a couple of seconds, all of a sudden you're starting to build out meaningful narrative space that yeah. you can start to tell your story a bit better. So the best brands understand that. The best brands don't look at it as a um, as a transaction that's a once only or you know, and just purely on clicks or what have you. They see it as being an investment that they're building over time, telling a story, building a franchise, building a, a tribe you know, a, a movement, if you like, mm. on social media. And that's only done over time and with consistency. Mm. Interesting. Uh, my next question is uh, about, uh, you know, about trends that you're beginning to see. And you work must be, you must be working with many, many different brands across mm -hmm. multiple organizations. What are some of the current trends that you are seeing in branding uh, that, you know, businesses should really be aware of? Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I think first and foremost, I think I'm working a lot in alternative proteins. So really the most obvious trends are the ones that are closest to me. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, this idea of authenticity and transparency, that mm. and, and these trends are coming from the consumer. So mm. obviously Gen Z um, are starting to prevail. They're moving to the workforce. They're starting to get money. Their influence is going to increase. So they've sort of replaced the millennials to some extent and Correct. all of that. Um, now, they're demanding more proof than we, you know, people of our age. Um, you know, we were a bit naive, I suppose. You know, we just, they're big companies. They're big brands. Sure, they're trustworthy. But Gen Z aren't so sure. They want you to prove it. So supply chain, you know, how the work is being treated, you know, are you sourcing this from stuff that's not killing the Amazon, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So 
you know, understanding the authenticity of a product. I, I mean, it's expressed in the food marketing. So mm. what they call clean label, you may have heard, which is, you know, instead of um, you've got a list, you know, exactly what's in it, they try to have the simplest sort of makeup of they're demanding that. So clearly mm. sustainability, uh, sorry, um, authenticity and transparency is the first. Right. Next one would be um, sustainability, which is closely tied to that. Um, echo consciousness. So again, going back and proving what's your footprint? How are you not doing damage? Um, how are you actually making the world better? Um, what's your, you know, what's your policy? And this is important, not just from a brand, in, an external brand point of view, it's from an internal brand point of view. If you want to hire young people now, they're giving you the once over you know, before they come to work for you on the basis of are you someone that will help you know, them project their you know, consciousness and, and conscience um, about the world in the way that they want to be you know, associated. So, so there's that. Um, and again, aligned to that is purpose-driven branding. A mm. um, little bit old now, you know, it sort of happened about five maybe seven years ago everyone sort of got on the purpose bandwagon and a lot of brands were trying to retrofit purposes you know and purposes is you know what would you be doing or what are you doing for people if money wasn't mm. the, the main motivator so you know what good are you doing for the world and you know some brands did that really well like you know, patagonia has a natural purpose they've had it from day one mm. uh, you may have heard of a brand of sneakers called karuma karuma I think it is, you know, mm. they're all planting trees and they get you engaged every time you buy sneakers, they plant trees. It's fantastic. So they're very purpose-driven and they've got proof all the way through. Mm. But you've got the, you know, the ones who are who've just bolted on a purpose but don't have it running through the whole organization. Mm. Um and but I think and and not every brand needs purpose because mm. you know, when it's that deep, you know, if it's a very low involvement product like a like most of the um, consumer CPG mm. products, you know, FMCG products, mm. you know, people aren't going to stop and think too much about it unless you're really doing some damage. Uh, so you've got to choose your battles when you're doing purpose branding. Mm. They'd be probably the biggest trends that I see. Mm. Um, they're they're all related and they all have a downside, obviously Correct. purpose washing, greenwashing, you know, falsification of sustainability credentials, um, et cetera. Well you said. Know. Great response. Thank you. And uh, a related question would be that how is technology changing brands and brand managers? Okay. So how are they, how's it changing? So I think we talked a bit about the technology in health. So, you know, clearly there's a different need for brand managers. It, you know, before there was more art, I suppose, is one way of saying it. Now there's more science. I mean, they need to be more um, technically aware, they need to understand the complexities of being online. Um, you know, the ultra micro targeting um, is is you know it stopped brands having this shared currency. So they've got to do the work at understanding how they're going to piece together their brand story across mm. so many so many faces. So uh, you know, it's it's made it harder. On the other hand, everything is quanti quantifiable. So you can immediate response, you can track everything, you can do A-B split. You know, the dream of direct marketing in the day was doing A-B split testing. And, you know, at Amex, we were the best at it. You know, we split run every single test. That was our gold standard, run a yeah. test against it, which was best. It became the new gold standard. You can do that in real time across a lot of fronts, fantastically in digital that you can't do in brand advertising. It's just mm. too slow, 
the impacts and measurement is too slow. Correct. Um, so, you know, that's that's probably the biggest change is that they're, and, and I suppose the other thing is that they're sort of becoming a bit more tactically focused mm -hmm. because of the urgency and the demands being placed on them by their managers mm -hmm. and, and all the way through to the stock markets who are demanding immediate responses. There's not, there's a bit of less, um, long-sightedness, I think, mm. in terms of, uh, mm. of the way they're looking at. Fantastic. So, uh, Andrew, I've got time for three more questions. Yep. Uh, since we just spoke about technology, let me ask you about the metaverse. And the metaverse, which seems to have, uh, you know, got a little bit of cold water poured on it after Facebook decided to go slow on the meta. Uh, but the metaverse is changing the way the consumers and the brands are going to are interacting with one another. And large brands like Nike have also started to acquire a lot of real estate in mm -hmm. the metaverse. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get your thoughts on how is the metaverse changing the way the consumers and brands will work with one another? Okay, so I mean, I, I'd i have to put a caveat on this is that I'm no expert in the metaverse. I think it's evolving so fast, mm -hmm. it would take me all day to keep track of it. Yeah. I think I probably speak for many people on that. Yeah. On that. Um, but how's it changing? So, first of all, I think it's a new marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, it's a totally new world, you know, virtual world. So, what is it reinforces everything I said about virtual worlds and brands operating in your minds and that. And if you understand that, so from a branding point of view, nothing changes because you're still mm -hmm. dealing with people. You're dealing with how they form ideas, how they form memories, how they build preference, and so on. Where it all happens. So, the same processes are still there, and mm -hmm. a lot of the same disciplines apply: consistency and so mm -hmm. on. However, the opportunity is, is massive because you're freed from the constraints of having to deliver a physical product or a physical service or something like that. You can test ideas. You can bring the future forward faster. Um, you can create worlds where you know, much more integration or collaborations. Uh, so how's that going to change for consumers? I think there's three ways for consumers. I think there's a lot of potential for brands mm. to go and express themselves and do things. Mm. And we'll find out more about that as, as we learn. But three things. So first of all, I think that um, it's a world for escape for consumers. So they have the potential to be something in the real world and to live a totally different life mm. uh, in, the, in the metaverse. Um, so how are they going to do that? Is it an alter ego persona thing? It's like sort of going to a, a beach town on the other side of the country and being somebody else for a couple of weeks a year, you Correct. can do that in the metaverse. Second thing is experience. I think, as I said, you know, you can create experiences that just can't be created in real life, too expensive, mm -hmm. um, uh, too complex, uh, and, and so on. I think that that thing is um, is really attractive for consumers mm -hmm. and they're expecting brands to really look at going 11 tenths, mm -hmm. you know, get up to 11, as they say, um, on experience. And then lastly, I think that's community. Um, I think, you know, we've, through the threads of the internet and social media, you, one of the great things about digital is it's brought out mm. what we always knew was that brands are about affinity groups. They're not about demographics or even about psychographics. Mm. They're, they're too blunt as instruments, but yeah. affinity groups are where people who are vastly different come together around a subject and may have nothing in common in any other part mm. of their life. Mm. The beauty of the metaverse is that, you know, you can be whatever you want to be mm -hmm. in that community. You can play your roles within that community, but the power to build communities and take ones that are only threads on the internet, but make them real and perceptually substantial in the metaverse, I think is very interesting. Amazing. And my last question to you, uh, Andrew, uh, and this is, uh, 
you know, I was, when I was reading about you, you did a lot of great work with two very successful brands, Tyndall and Moi. Yeah. I hope I have the pronunciation correct. Tell yeah. me a little bit about the work you did with them and what were some of your learnings? Okay, very, very uh, quickly because they could go on. So Tyndall, just for those who don't know, uh, Tyndall is a, uh, a um, as we say, ridiculously good uh, chicken made from plants. Okay. So it's an alternative protein. Mm. Uh, and uh, with them, uh, they the four sort of founding uh, gang of, you know, or the, uh, the band of four, so sort of mm. the original Beatles, uh, came to me and with an idea or a couple of ideas of where they might position, but weren't really sure what mm. they might do with this, this great sort of product format they had. I then, uh, they engaged me. I then did a very deep study into the competitive world, um, the environment, the changing environment around alternative proteins. Mm. This was only two years ago. Um, and, and also the consumer and where they were coming from, who was the, the core, you know, the key agitators in mm. the space what was driving them. So put that all together, developed the brand positioning, developed, you know, understood the semiotics and codes that they had to abide by for once they could break, and then uh, created a brand strategy and a proposition for them. And then we took that into brand identity and then naming and and uh, and and then go to market strategies and so on. Mm -hmm. So it's been very successful. They, they're a um, bit of the pet brand of the alt protein community is certainly mm -hmm. in this part of the world because they're the fastest growing chicken brand. They're they're red hot in the space. Uh, they set world records at fundraising at their seed levels, um, getting thirty million dollars, and then again at Series A, getting a hundred million. So they're records for the whole category. So Possible didn't do this. Beyond didn't do this. These guys are really really hot stuff. And uh, and so they're you know virtually I suppose based on valuation a unicorn. So that all came out of in two years out of my strategy and then out of the brand we created for them. So that's pretty good. Quickly, Moi is um, is a uh, uh, alternative protein as well, but it's in the dairy space. So it's a dairy, alternative dairy brand made from plants. Mm -hmm. um, same, same process again, uh, which is my signature process. I dive very deeply into competitive, deeply into consumer, and then look for ways that we can bring our specialness mm -hmm. to create a unique space and to own a new space. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we did that same thing, but they're a bit further behind in the development. We've we've only just started to launch them uh, about four weeks ago, in fact. And they were bought uh, just before they were they were launched. So that's wow. a pretty unusual story mm -hmm. as well. So uh, yeah, two great brands. Amazing to see where they're going to go. I'm, I just can't wait. Absolutely fantastic. And on that note, Andrew, uh, thank you so much for speaking to me about your own journey. Thank you for speaking to me about so many different aspects of brands and branding. Thank you for speaking to me about the metaverse. And thank you for sharing with me the stories of two amazing brands, Tyndall and Moa, that you were involved with. Great. Thank you again and good luck. Thanks, Ashutosh. It's been great. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.